A special thanks goes out to the folks at Spotify for bringing you this podcast. Hello again, everyone. Today, we learn a little bit about the man who wrote America's and the world's favorite dramatic TV show. I'm Tom Zania, and this is Tom Reads Your Story. Coming to you almost live, it's time once again for Tom Reads Your Story, the number one spoken word podcast on the web for audiobooks, social media posts, current events, and just plain whatever. So let's start the show. For the next half hour, I'll be your host. I'm voice actor and podcaster, Tom Zania. And we are back. Welcome back, everyone, to Tom Reads Your Story, the number one spoken word podcast in America. I'm Tom Zania, an actor, a voice actor, and uh, what else? That's about it. Uh, (laughs) I wish there were more to say, but um, not this time. Anyway, you know, I barely watch television anymore. I, I, what do you, what about you? I, you know, most of what I watch isn't cable TV. It's, it's just streaming stuff online. I hardly use my TV. I have a flat screen TV, like most of you. And, uh, it's rare that I watch any, uh, shows broadcast over the airwaves, uh, or any of that stuff. I know very little about episodic TV as a result. And um, I don't know. I I work nights, so I can't watch TV that way. Um, or because of that, excuse me. Um, I, you know, I might watch video clips from YouTube. Uh, that's about it. And uh, probably... One of my favorite shows from my cable days of vegging out in front of the TV um, was The Twilight Zone. And it was always, you know, there'd always be uh, a big, like, weekend, like Labor Day weekend, where they show, I think that was VH1, that used to show The Twilight Zone. Um over and over for two or three days straight. And I'm sure many of you who are listening remember that. The Twilight Zone was a fantastic show. I mean, everyone feels pretty much the same way. It's probably one of the most loved TV shows of all time. And, uh, of course, now, at least for me, I'm, I'm so used to all of the episodes and because I've seen them all many, many times uh, that, you know, it's, it's one of those things that I, I used to watch and I don't watch hardly at all anymore. But what I do remember about the twilight zone was Rod Serling, that figure usually in a white shirt, black suit, uh, who would talk about what you are about to see. And uh, just a very, very interesting, yet somehow a little 
mysterious person that just happened to be on the set. You know, what if the set was a restaurant, he would be sitting at a booth. Or if the set were somewhere else, maybe in an office building, he would be in the office sitting in a chair somewhere. But I always thought he was so interesting, but I knew little to nothing about him. Now, there was a book uh, back when uh, Twilight Zone was very famous in reruns, or first became very famous in reruns because of cable. There was a book that came out called The Twilight Zone Companion, which I had. And I, I think I bought it somewhere. I don't remember anyone buying it for me as a gift. But I remember having this book, which talked about each episode, basically. And now I don't have it anymore. It's one of those things that just fell by the wayside and was, you know, either thrown away accidentally or, you know, maybe somebody took it or you know, one of those things. But if you get a chance and are looking for a book to buy in hard copy, definitely pick up The Twilight Zone Companion. Now, there might be something that I haven't heard of uh, about The Twilight Zone that's available on audiobook. Because I remember auditioning for something like that, and uh, I didn't get it. But uh, if I remember the title... I'll definitely let you know. It's um, it's one of those things that writers or publishers uh, can always churn out, and that is books about this iconic iconic show called The Twilight Zone. Um, a, a definite uh, game changer for TV and for Rod Serling, and he was a person I knew very little about. And I think very uh, few people researched him or his life or how he got to be where, uh, where he got, <laughs> where he was. But here's something about Rod Serling. A Week to Remember, Rod Serling, by Keith Chaffee, Los Angeles Public Library. On December 25, 1924, Rod Serling was born. Serling was a television writer, one of the major figures in early television. His best-known creation, The Twilight Zone, has become cultural shorthand for surreal and inexplicable events. Serling grew up in Binghamton, New York. In elementary school, he had a reputation as the class clown, but he began to figure out what his talents were in high school. He joined the debate team and wrote for the school newspaper. His work for the paper included several editorials supporting the American effort in World War II, and he was ready to drop out of school as soon as he was old enough to enlist. His teachers convinced him that he should finish school and get his diploma. But the morning after graduation, Serling enlisted in the Army. He served in the Philippines then in the American Occupation Force in Japan. He received several combat injuries, including a knee injury that bothered him for the rest of his life. 
After his discharge in 1946, Serling enrolled in Antioch College, where he received a degree in literature in 1950. He earned extra money during college by testing parachutes for the Army Air Force at $50 for each successful jump, and was once paid $1,000 for testing an ejection seat that had killed several previous testers. During his time at Antioch, Serling worked at the campus radio station as a writer, actor, and director. By the time he graduated, he was managing the station and writing virtually all of its programming. That experience carried over into his first post-college job, writing at a Cincinnati radio station. During his time there, he sold several radio drama scripts to the station's parent company, and one of his proposals for a new series became, after some significant changes, the radio drama Adventure Express. By 1952, Serling had quit to become a freelance writer. He moved to New York in 1954 and began writing scripts for the live TV dramas that made up much of early television programs. Serling's first big success came in 1955 with Patterns, a corporate drama he wrote for Kraft Television Theater. It was so popular that the network restaged it again a month later another live production with the same cast, meaning that Serling is arguably responsible for inventing the rerun. His success continued with a pair of Playhouse 90 episodes, the boxing drama Requiem for a Heavyweight in 1956, and the show business story The Comedian in 1957. Serling won Emmy Awards for writing all three programs. As the television industry moved from live broadcasts to taped programming, the industry shifted from New York to California, and Serling moved to Los Angeles in 1957. It was still the norm for each program to be presented by a single corporate sponsor, and Serling was increasingly frustrated by the restrictions placed on his writing by the sponsors. Some of those restrictions were silly. He wasn't allowed to refer to the Chrysler Building in a show sponsored by Ford. But some were more consequential. Serling's 1958 Playhouse 90 episode, A Town Has Turned to Dust, was written about the lynching of a young black man in the South, inspired by the Emmett Till case. But for fear of offending Southern viewers, the sponsors insisted that the story be moved to the Southwest and that the victim be a Mexican-American. Serling decided that the only way around such corporate censorship was to create his own show, and in 1959, The Twilight Zone premiered. It was an anthology series, with each episode telling a separate story. The stories tended to be science fiction, which Serling thought would give him enough distance from the real world that he'd be better able to sneak serious ideas into the storytelling and episodes often ended with an ironic twist and a moral, presented by Serling himself as the show's host. There is a fifth dimension beyond that which is known to man. It is a dimension as vast as space and as timeless as infinity. It is the middle ground between light and shadow between science and superstition, and it lies between the pit of man's fears and the summit 
of his knowledge. This is the dimension of imagination. It is an area which we call the twilight zone. And of course, music played a great part. Bernard uh, Bernard Herman uh, did most of the music, I think, in the beginning. Uh, maybe he did all the way through, but I know in the uh, the first um, handful of episodes, uh, the music, the the opening theme was by Bernard Herman. The second one was by someone I'd never heard of, Marius Constant. And, um, well, you may not have heard of the composer, but you have definitely heard this. So I wanted to read you a little bit more about uh, Serling that might not have been in that little article. And I'm going to skip over to, uh, let's see. Okay. Oh, I I wanted to get into his later career. And I'm going to read you something from, uh, let's see, this is called... Oh, yes, this is from PBS. This is American Masters, which I'm sure many of you, if not all of you, have seen on PBS. American Masters uh, goes over the lives and careers of great artists and television and movies and a lot of other things. But for much of the 60s and into the 1970s, Serling turned to the big screen writing films that included a remake of Requiem for a Heavyweight, 1962, The Yellow Canary, 1963, and Assault on a Queen, 1966. His most famous, however, was the classic Planet of the Apes, co-written with Michael Wilson. Similar to his early work on The Twilight Zone, The Planet of the Apes was a moralistic tale of contemporary life told through a science fiction fantasy in which apes have taken over the world. Dealing with questions <laughs> uh, dealing with questions of how we act as a society and how we view ourselves as moral beings, Planet of the Apes was a cu- uh, culmination of Serling's career-long interests as a writer. By the early 1970s, he found a, t- a job teaching in Ithaca, New York, Continuing to write for television, he sought to impart a sense of moral responsibility and artistic integrity to the new generation of television writers. In June of 1975, he died of a heart attack. Today, Serling's legacy continues to grow. His television and cinematic works 
have reached cult status, enlivening a new interest in one of the great early writers of American television. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is Rod Serling. And I, I wanted to add, I wanted to add something. Um, my favorite Twilight Zone episode of all of them, and then we all know that there are many, is one called The Lonely. Now, in this episode, in case you don't remember, uh, I think it's Jack Warden is a prisoner on an asteroid, uh, just a, you know, an empty, desolate planet with nobody on it, but, you know, sand and rocks and just, just him in a little shack as a prisoner for a crime uh, that he, I believe, did not commit. And a rocket ship comes periodically to give him supplies, food and whatever else he needs to survive, books to read and things like that. And one day they arrive and give him uh, a woman that is actually a robot and he falls in love with her. Now, there have been movies recently where something like that has happened, but it's just a, a beautiful episode. So the lonely from the Twilight Zone. And of course, there's the classic ones where William Shatner sees a, some type of monster on, on the airplane wing or something. That's Nightmare at 50,000 Feet, which is a good one too. And uh, they made, of course, a movie. Uh, about the Twilight Zone, which I didn't think was so great, but uh, uh, there have been two television shows of the same name uh, in the past, I don't know, 25 years. I remember uh, there was one on the USA channel on cable. But, of course, none of them could match the the you know the the original twilight zone uh, that that serling made he was a true american master if you don't mind me borrowing that phrase that brings us to the end of yet another episode of tom read your story portions were pre-recorded please tell your friends if you enjoyed your visit today because we're always looking for new ones thanks spotify for this opportunity i greatly appreciate it let's close today with a song, uh, it's actually, actually it's about the Twilight Zone, uh, but it's called Twilight Tone, and it's by the Manhattan Transfer, one of my favorite vocal groups, probably the favorite of mine. And uh, so here's Twilight Tone by the Manhattan Transfer. I'm Tom Zania for Tom Reads Your Story. Thanks for stopping by. Take care, everyone. See you next week. Bye-bye now.
With a key, one lock a door to imagination. Beyond it is another dimension. A dimension of sight. A dimension of sound. A dimension of mind. You're moving through a land of both shadow and substance of things and ideas. Guiding you through this wondrous journey is the hypnotic sound of the twilight time.
This is Tom Zania. For more information on my availability for your e-learning, commercial, or audiobook project, visit my website at www.tomzvoices.weebly.com. We hope you visit us again real soon for another episode of Tom Reads Your Story.